episode 11. All right. These have now been released. Yeah, these to are the, the first one that we actually have to be serious about. Yeah, I <laughs> actually. They, even, we know they're going to be released. I haven't put a down payment on my yacht already. Uh, <laughs> oh, what, what size did you go with, Kyle? Well, I I didn't want to go, you know, too extreme, so I just went with a like a hundred fifty footer. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost as big as the submarine we're on. Almost, almost. And I went to the bank. I was looking to buy a house, and um, they heard I was on the podcast, and they just asked how much money I wanted. I asked for a million and a half. <laughs> no interest, no money down. No nothing. They said, "Don't even worry about paying this back." Yeah. <laughs> it's an investment in you. <laughs> just crazy stuff. Yeah. So. How's everybody's weekends going so far? Pretty amazing. Good. good. <laughs> Second best yeah. weekend of my life. <laughs> After which weekend? Wow. Graduating college, best weekend. Oh, uh, okay. Well. <laughs> what what what's making this one so spectacular? I don't know. I had Chinese food. It was pretty mm-hmm. good. And if if you have really good Chinese food, that can change your life. And that was it today. Wow. What do you uh, normally get when you go and get Chinese? Like, I'm always looking for, like, Kung Pao chicken or General Tso's or something like that. I do like General Tso's, but my go-to is chicken and broccoli cooked in white sauce. And I think Ben can attest wow. to that. I've been getting that for years. Oh, yeah. Did Did you ask if they wanted to be a sponsor of the Submarine Podcast? Uh, no. Because you're kind of hyping them up now. Maybe. Well, he hasn't told us where yet. That's what I mean. Just, he should have asked. He should have asked. Yeah. Okay. And then we next, could be saying the next name time on, on air. Next time I will. <laughs> Just hand them a flyer. Be yeah. like, hey, have you heard of this? Be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty big. All righty. How about you, Brom? How's your weekend going? Pretty good. I had to babysit my brother's kids, so something I don't typically do a whole heck of a lot. I can't imagine you handling children. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awkward, but we made it through. More people to man the <laughs> sub, really. <laughs> That's true, and we uh, handle the engine room at the least. Brother and I celebrated my birthday. Then when I brought him, brought him back to his house and played some Jackbox Party Pack Four. Some good stuff. Don't know what that is. It's fun. It's, little it's party pretty fun. Game. Party game. All right, there we go. And Zach, how about you? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool weekend. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's. Been I agree good. with Zach. That's basically my weekend too. <laughs> Um, hung out with a girlfriend. We saw Game Night with some friends. Uh, that was a, that was a funny movie. Went to a board game bar, which was fun. So we drank and played board games. They just got a ton of board games sitting out. Yeah, it was called Roll Twenty. And mm-hmm. then um, went to Hibachi last night, which was really good. So nice, really good. What do you like to get there? I like I like getting swordfish. Uh, I got the cheapest thing, the chicken. So. <laughs> Well, still solid. <laughs> Although it was kind of an interesting situation. We sat, we went in there late, and um, I was sitting there around the table, and the entire table was filled, and they only had one person working everything. So it was just this one um, chef who was just going around to every single other table. So you know, like normally when you go to a hibachi, they do all that fancy stuff, spin the knives, throw the stuff in your mouth, the volcano, all that. Yeah. He wasn't doing any of that. He literally was just <laughs> walking around to every single one, just cooking and walking to the next one, cooking, going to the next one. He looks he looked beat. Oh, so he wasn't I thought he was like just the guy for your table, which I'm used to, but he was working every yeah. table in yeah. the restaurant. Yeah. It was <laughs> he was he was moving. He earned that five percent. I would think tip. you have to be, man. 
five percent. If I didn't throw food at you, he doesn't get the good tip. <laughs> right. Something to keep in something to keep in mind for our future futuristic sub that we eventually buy. Maybe we want a hibachi grill with a chef on there. As <laughs> Would well. be badass. There we go. I think so. It's on probably, the cruise ship yeah. submarine, there's yeah. a hibachi grill. For sure. I mean, obviously on the cruise ship submarine. How are you not gonna have a hibachi? <laughs> oh man. All right. That was all thrilling, but I think maybe we should get into the... Oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh. Dive, dive, dive. Dive the sub. Here we go. We're diving deeper. Let's like dive in deeper gimmicks. into this movie. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Thoughtful, Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. Alex, what movie did we all watch? Ah, This week we watched the 1989 film by James Cameron called The Abyss. Ooh, amazing. Who, who's the star in that movie? Well, we've got a repeat here. It's Ed Harris. Woo! There we go. <laughs> yeah. He's back. Definitely definitely top billing here. In Phantom, maybe you go David Duchovny. I, of course, no one would. But you could make an argument for that. This one, he's obviously the star. Yep. It's oh, be. for sure. There's no one else. Nobody even comes close. I guess maybe the bad guy was the guy that they were trying to promote for Oscars and stuff like that. Bean, Michael Bean. But oh, really? it, it was Ned Harris' vehicle, obviously. Yes, it All was. right. So we open on a sub, as we should, although this wasn't our typical submarine film, as we didn't spend a huge amount of time on a traditional uh, submarine. Um, but we at least started on one. And they're cruising around, and they start to get stuff on the sonar. And they're getting some weird stuff, right? They stuff that is flying. Flying. They're like, it's going 60 knots. And they're like, that can't be American. Like, that can't be Soviet, but maybe if they had some weird technology going on, they could be going 60 knots. And then it increased to 80. And then it increased to like 130 as it zigged and zagged all around. Yeah, and it was coming started, straight It came t- straight towards them at 130 knots. And he was just like, nothing goes 130 knots. Nothing. And the captain, as he's trying to like track it and all that, all the electronics go down as the thing approaches them. And because all the electronics go down, they kind of lose track of everything, right? Like because they're also in a tight corridor. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. They yeah. They're in like near a trench or whatever, and they're they're kind of scared that they're going to be collision, right? They're all bracing for some kind of collision, and then the electronics come back up, and now they got to really brace because they're right next to the wall. Like they they drifted for a while without knowing where they were going, and they just smack into it, and they and just it's smack breach awesome. the hole. Because yeah. within five minutes of the movie starting, sub is. Taking on water. Yep. Another thing that we've seen often, as soon as the sub hits anything, it bursts into bursts flames. Yeah, flames everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's just like raging inferno. I was like, what is happening? Kyle, those are American lives. Let's be serious here. Sorry. They're it's, not not, it's not awesome. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Anyways, this nuclear sub <laughs> crashes into the wall, totally gets fucked up, and it falls to the bottom of the ocean, which is around, what were they saying? It was like 2,500 feet or something like that. Oh, that's, where was it yes. when it started? Yeah, that's yeah. About it, it kind of settled near the cliff edge, um, or near the yeah. It kind of fell down the cliff a little bit and settled um, on the edge of a even deeper mm-hmm. chasm uh, or abyss, if you will. 
And so uh, we kind of smash cut over to army personnel heading over to an oil um, tanker uh, or an oil um, rig, offshore drilling rig. Well, it's like a ship that's monitoring and a submerged rig. Mm-hmm. And they get on there and everyone on is like, shit, there's like the G-men coming up to screw up our plans because they're a research facility trying to prove that like kind of a theoretical submerged um, rig or platform, drilling platform um, could work. Mm-hmm. And so instead of having the drilling platform on the top, it's just totally underwater right on that surface. And then they pump the oil up through a, an umbilical cord type thing up yep. to, directly up to the ships. And so they get up there and basically the person who's running that whole thing for the oil company is like, yeah, no problem. We could definitely help with salvaging the salvage mission, mission of trying to find survivors of this sub uh, sub disaster and everyone else, all the scientists and stuff, this woman, uh, Lindsay, mm-hmm. she is like the person who designed all this stuff. And she's like pissed, obviously. She's right. Like, You're using my baby or all the people who are supposed to be running my baby and my, the thing that I designed to go on this mission that has nothing to do with proving its worth. Right. And you're going to screw it up. And granted, she was right. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so then we cut over and then we see our main man, Ed Harris. Looking beautiful. Cut abs. We open with a totally shirtless scene. He's got his dick out, but not even because he's the captain, just because he's Ed Harris. And yep. everyone's like, yes, that's okay with us. <laughs> um, and so he gets a young, phone young call. Young and spry, really. Yeah, he's 39, 38 at this point. Is that right? Yeah. He looked, looked, it up. He looked a little older than that, but <laughs> yeah, <that's> what, <laughs> still young and spry. Yep. Got most of his hair. Yep. Uh, so he gets a phone call and is basically like, all right, we got to take this whole crew and we're got to go- Help find the submarine. Yeah. But he's kind of, you know, upset. He's like, we are oil workers. We don't have experience, you know, salvaging submarines. It's basically Armageddon. It's exact same plot of Armageddon, except, like, instead of being in outer space, they're three miles under the ocean or whatever. It's like, we're oil drillers. We can't do this. And they're like, well, you better. And then eventually it's like, we're the only ones who can do this. It's like, that's true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this came out before Armageddon. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably watched this and were like, we need to get Ed Harris in here now. And they're like, well, he's a little too old. It's like, well, find someone who just like that. Bruce Willis, get in here. Yes. You're also bald. You can do this. <laughs> and uh, and so he's a little pissed. He doesn't li- love the fact that this, this, these seals are going to come down there and mess, mess with his crew. But he agrees because he's, you know, he's beholden to this oil company. And so they're, they start their way over to the sub. And down come, he's like, at least I don't have to deal with my ex-wife, right, guys? Right. Phew. And then all of a sudden he gets a little, you know, phone call or whatever again it's like i'm ready to dock and it's his ex-wife Lindsay, and he's like damn it. well not not ex-wife yet they're in the middle of a divorce they're heavily separated (laughs) yes not finalized but uh, pretty much there and he's like damn it now i gotta deal with this too so she's got all the seals on board and they start docking and she basically goes to a little exposition exposition of being like we're being we're normalizing our pressure and it could go totally bad, so make sure you don't have any tremors or you'll go insane. And everyone's like, we're not going to go insane. And like five seconds later, you see like the shaking of a hand. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, he's going to go insane. <laughs> like yes. Michael Bean's going to go insane. <laughs> but so then <laughs> they're like, also Ed Harrison, his crew, there's some kind of just video of them moving over to where they need to be. And they're this is really long drawn out scene of them singing a song. Yeah, you would have thought with a three hour, two, two hour, 50 minute film, they might have found time to cut that one. <laughs> Nope, leave it. Now we got to hear them sing this entire country song. <laughs> oh man, not that I. I mean, I'm. I'm not gonna say I, I liked this film and stuff like that. And so fine. It's not like 
voyage to the bottom of the sea or whatever where if they sang a song in that i'd be like i'm out of this <laughs> like no right. no effing way am i gonna sit around for this thing uh but it was pretty funny that they ended up doing that and so i mean then, then we're on everybody's on the rig and we start to see you know the little bickering between mm-hmm. ed harris and Lindsay. um oh ed harris's character's name in this movie is bud but mm-hmm. I will or probably virgil only, or yeah virgil don't call him virgil though I'll probably only refer to him as Ed Harris, but yeah, uh, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, Lindsay and Ed Harris are they're arguing, bickering, really like Agent Red, like with Dolph Lundgren. It was almost the same situation. It's like mm-hmm. at least I don't have to see my ex fiance, and it's like you definitely have to see your ex fiance. Like damn it! And then they argue for a while, and, and he's still wearing his ring, which yeah. becomes important later in the movie. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, Chekhov's wedding ring of sorts. And he, she's like, you should take off that ring. And he's like, okay, I will. And he throws it in the toilet. And he's like, damn it. And then he fishes it out of the toilet. So his hand is literally blue the, the rest of the movie for the entire film. Um, and he puts back on his wedding ring. Yep. So they just they, they get to the spot where they need to be. And the seals are like, okay, it could be radioactive because it, it could have been a breach of the reactor. And we got to be careful. And there's some like grumbling from the crew, but they're all getting triple pay. So they seem like, okay, with taking that risk. And they split right. into, yeah, I mean, naturally, <laughs> I'd be like, what no way am i going close i'd be kind of like that hippie guy oh yeah no way am i going near that thing the guy who has a pet rat yeah yeah another pet rat two movies we got pet rats that's true oh but before they do this dive they also have a scene with the rat oh yeah where they show this liquefied uh no sorry i don't even know how you'd really describe it it's breathing liquid oxygenated liquid so it's like so you can breathe fluorocarbon or something breathe it in and the important thing here is this is for like really deep dives so your chest doesn't cave in yeah. and you're able to breathe. And this is a real thing. They actually, yeah, and that was a real scene with the rat. The rat actually breathed that liquid in that scene. And it was censored. They had to cut that scene for British release because they don't allow animal cruelty in the films that are released there. So they deemed that animal cruelty and they cut it. When you first watch it, you're like, oh, this is some kind of weird sci-fi yeah. thing. But I was like, no, that's real. Like, yeah. I looked it up. Crazy. Real crazy. Uh, but yeah, and that's also Chekhov's, uh, Chekhov's fluorinated and oxygenated liquid as well. Cause you know, that's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they kind of split into a few groups. Um, Lindsay's out there and one of the submersibles taking pictures of the sub and there's two teams that go in and really you get pretty quickly a picture. It's phase one of all this stuff. And you get a picture of what they're really trying to do. Like they go directly beeline for the secret codes and grab those from the sub. Cause really they just don't want a Russian sub to come along and get, certain because know, they think things. a they think a russian watercraft may have sunk this. yeah something that was russian would have actually sunk it so they grab the codes uh ed harris and his crew with one of the the seals they go in the back way the breached hull and they see a whole bunch of dead bodies mm-hmm. uh and one of the guys starts to freak out so ed harris is like stay here i'm gonna go in you just stay here and as he goes um the, an, a, a, an alien should we just say it i mean basically it's an alien yeah an alien fucking comes up to him that's what movie we're in. It's not, we're, you know, you know, may have thought, oh, James Cameron, maybe this is like Terminator or some kind of like action thing or whatever. Nope. Alien. This is an alien, like an angelic alien comes up to this mm-hmm. guy and he still freaks the fuck out, even though it's like, you know, this beautiful angelic alien. Oh, Cre- yeah. Uh, definitely creepy. But like he right. and he freaks out and like smashes up his oxygen tank and starts to breathe pure oxygen. So he goes into a coma. And as this is all happening, he sees the alien, and then the alien goes outside, and Lindsay sees the alien as well. It shuts down some of her electronics in her uh, in her little um, submersible, but she sees the aliens as well. This kind of, you know, what looks like almost ROVs, kind of like 
um, jetting around, but they're glowing purple or magenta. Right. And so when all the electronics st- start up, she gets the Mayday message, and they all go back, and this guy's in the coma, and they're all kind of like flipping out at, at what had just happened or whatever. Yep. And yeah. so Lindsay starts telling people about what this is because she doesn't know what she saw, but it's kind of making, I mean, people a little hysteric, and it hears yeah. like, slow your roll. Don't try to freak these people out. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't like, work because yeah. they get super freaked out like they're like it's definitely russians definitely russians and this guy's got these tremors and he's already going real insane and he's like he calls up the people up up above and they're like go to phase two and he's like oh wait the seal does yeah yeah and so he calls the military guys yeah and the seal's like okay it's phase two which means take a nuke out of the submarine and rig it so that if it gets to phase three we can blow everything to smithereens Mm -hmm. and so they without permission take the submersible out and unfortunately, up above, and kind of, you know, we, we skipped over it, but the reason they're even down there is there's a hurricane up above, so they're the only yeah. ones available to do this rescue Yeah, mission. the oil crew was closest because Ed Harris was like, well, can't the, doesn't the Navy have people yeah. do this? And like, they can't get here in time for yeah. the storm. So yes. the hurricane's really ramping up, and they need to disconnect from the cord that connects them to up above, but they need the submersible to do that. So it's all screwed. Like, everything goes to shit. The ship starts to drift. It pulls the rig for a while, kind of fucking all kinds of stuff up. It pours it pulls it towards this cliff, which yeah. one guy earlier in the movie was like, "This is a bottomless pit." And he's like, Literally. "It's at least two and a half miles yeah, down." Yeah, it would easily be the the deepest we've gone in one of these films. Uh, I guess maybe oh. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea because <laughs> they went to the bottom of the sea in the Marianas Trench and yeah, they blew up true. a sub. But that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, but they uh, in the process it it pulls off the crane that's holding the umbilical cord and it crashes down and they're like whoo it just crashed down right over there and then that falls over the cliff and kind of pulls them even closer to the cliff and that's mm-hmm. when things really go awry because like it breaches the hull of the rig, uh, water's pouring in. Uh, fires start up all over the place. People are getting hit with doors that are exploding. Doors are closing on people and trapping them in there, so they're yep. dying. Ed Harris almost gets trapped, but he sticks his finger in there. And he's got and, that tungsten yeah. carbide ring or whatever yeah, it whatever is. whatever the fuck that it is. That was really huge. The but... strongest and biggest wedding ring you've ever seen. It yeah. may as well have like a gauntlet that he wore. I was like, <laughs> this is my wedding gauntlet, as he stuck it into this door. <laughs> I would love that. It's supposed to hold water from the deepest part of the ocean out. It's like, this is insane and yeah. so then he's like you got to cut the cords i cut the cords of the motor and he's able to push his way through and survive and they kind of close off everywhere and they have this kind of small area of the rig that the survivors are in and it's basically like hippie guy a couple of the um kind of divers and stuff like that ed harris his wife and then the seals uh, i think one of the seals died in the process and uh they kind of seal everything off and this is where it becomes almost like a survival thing because they only have 12 hours of oxygen and, and they need to get the heat on. Need to get it's going to be because cold. It's, it's real freezing. cold, freezing outside. And so Lindsay in the process, like, okay, I can get some of the external air like stuff hooked up to the inside filters and all that, but we, I need to go outside. So she goes outside with one of the ROVs, and while she's out there, she literally gets to like touch one of the aliens. The aliens come mm-hmm. by. It's, it basically looks like a little submersible. It also looks kind of like a. Dick. I mean, we don't have too many dicks in this one. Ed Harris had it in the beginning, and but then he's like, "I'm going to put this away. Don't worry about it. The seals are here. We can keep. I can keep it in my pants until they're gone." Uh, but that looks like a little dick kind of floating around in the ocean. <laughs> I was like, "That's weird." <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> and then, uh, but she and she's like touching it, and she gets back inside after it leaves. Well, doesn't a huge one comes? A big up one. Too. It has a small one, and then a big one. There's kind of like a little scout one that's floating around. Yeah, yeah. And she just that's why she said it almost like an ROV, like they're trying to mimic their. Uh, their equipment because they have a big ROV and they have a small ROV. So mm-hmm. it basically was like mimicking what they had on the ship. 
And so she gets back inside and is like, guys, there's legitimately aliens here. And she's like, leaps straight there. She's like, they're aliens from outer space and they are down here and I am interacting with them and they're beautiful. And you guys can all fuck off because we shouldn't blow these things out of the water. Right. And the seals are like, we're going to blow that out of the water. Well, yeah, because they're all starting to lose their mind. Well, the one, the main guy's really losing his mind. Uh, as she's describing these aliens, he's literally like cutting himself with a knife. Oh, my gosh. He's yeah, just, it was like, crazy. Cutting himself. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Slicing pieces of his arm off. Yeah. And yeah. I think when you see him, I think he like eight or nine cuts in. Yep. Like, whoa. Yep. And so he start, they start to mess with the, the bomb again. And Hippie, the guy who runs the ROVs, gets a glimpse of it using one of his little uh, things. And so they kind of like bust in and they're like, what are you doing? You can't, I can't believe you have this. And, but like Ed Harris kind of cools everything down. It's like, we can't go too crazy here because he is clearly crazy. Like he is suffering. Yeah. He is suffering from pressure induced psychosis. Like we cannot, you know, make him do something drastic here. So please. Slow your roll. We'll take care of this. And so she and Hippie decide on a plan that they're going to hook up the um, the little ROV, little geek. Mm-hmm. Or no, big geek. I think it's a little geek. I don't know. It's either a little geek or big geek. It's a big question. We should figure this out. Right, Let's yeah. spend the next 15 minutes discussing whether it's little geek or big geek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they, uh, they, uh, they, they decide to hook it up to go all the way down into the bottom. And he's like, it can't even survive going down there. This is pointless. But she wants to get some video of the alien so that she can prove it. And it's not Russian and like not to worry about it. And <laughs> it's of course, just an alien. Don't worry about yeah. it. And of course, the, the seals, the insane seal is like watching this on a TV. It's like, yes. okay, well- that sucks. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, we have no more contact with above. The hurricanes hit. They're out of contact. Unilateral, it's on us. Yeah. Unilateral decision. Phase three. Booking phase three. And the other guy's like, are you, sh- wait, are you sure? And he's like, you gotta listen to me. I'm totally insane. He's like, that's true. Good point. Totally insane. I should follow you. And but then, also before they lost contact yeah. with up top, there was- all sorts of crazy oh, yeah. things going Ten- on with Russia yeah, and Yeah, tensions US. were definitely ratcheting up. Because U.S. blamed Russia for this sub going down. Russia's like, we don't have anything to do with it. And then a Russian ship got hit by another ship. Yeah, because the, the waters are super rough. And yeah. so basically, like, <laughs> I mean. It's World War III. It's, they said it's yeah. a Cuban Missile Crisis type situation up there. Yeah, things like, are about to go down. Right. And so uh, he's like, okay, it's on us. We, we, we better get this going. So they grab some guns, and they're basically like, Fuck all y'all. Let's get in this room. You know, all you have to eat or drink is Coca-Cola, delicious Coca-Cola. You know, you can definitely have some delicious Coca-Cola. I think there's probably some Sprite products in there, too. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, and maybe Powerade. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they go in there, and they're trapped in there. And she's trying to, like, convince the other guy who's who's actually wavering. The guy who – one of the SEALs is, like, wavering. Like, you're insane. We shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. He's trying to convince him. He's like, I think, I think it's working. I think it's working. And at that moment, the guy who's in the coma comes out of the coma and kind of frees them. And he's like, oh, I just assumed I had seen an angel and died. But I, when I woke up, I realized I hadn't. And they're like, what the fuck? All right. And then they just continue on. Yep. And so they're like, okay, we're locked out of getting to where he is with this bomb. So we got to we gotta swim. And so Ed Harris, being the boss that he is, strips down to his skivvies, sweet, uh, along with another guy, less sweet. Um, he's got his tidy whities on or whatever. I know. I was like... It could have been a better choice for yeah, underwear. Maybe something else. Yeah. For, especially if they're white. Maybe they should have been like black or something. Something. And so they dive into the super cold water and they go to the first hatch and they can't get in. They can't unscrew it. And so they have to go to the next one. And the guy who's in his tidy whiteys is like, 
are you see what I'm wearing? I'm like way too cold to make this trip. Like my balls are shriveled up. I'm wearing Teddy Whitey's. And there he was at Harris like, I totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> they stared deep into each other's eyes like, I get it. And then so Ed Harris kisses him goodbye. Yeah. And then dives and swims to the next hatch, which is the moon, the moon, the moon pool, pool which yeah. is where they launch all the uh, like giant submersibles, submersibles yeah. from. And so he kind of like almost like predator like he kind of swims up into there and sees the crazy guy just kind of like playing with a chain yes as you are wont to do when you're insane i guess but i mean this this would be very hard what he was trying to do because he's trying to stay super quiet yep. while you're swimming around and soaking wet yeah and super cold he's like shaking shaking <laughs> yeah. like a leaf don't know how you do it yeah so he gets out there and he's like i'm gonna totally fuck this guy up and so he gets behind him with a wrench or something a piece of pipe Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to grab the the gun. And he tries to grab the gun and the guy like sp- spins around because he's a trained killer and sh- shoots him, g- goes to shoot him. And there's no bullets. And the guy who, you know, the seal who seemed like he was wavering had reveals that he had pulled out the the clip from the gun. So he kind of saves Ed Harris's life in that case. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And w- at that point, after the guy pulls the trigger, Ed Harris just takes that pipe and wham. Yeah. And there's a big fight scene here. Yeah, there's a big old fight scene. Ed Harris gets a few licks in, but the other guy's really punching him a whole bunch in the face. And uh, But then the guy in the tidy whities comes in and uh, punches the guy um, and punches him out, kind of. But then the guy gets up and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. and But also during this, he was able to release the other... Um, little ROV with the warhead on it. So it's going to take off and it's headed straight for the alien mothership. Well, where they think it is. And so, well, no, he's able, he doesn't release it. He gets into his, he gets into the submersible. Oh shoot. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as they're going to get everyone, um, you know, able to access the moon pool again, because they think they've knocked him out. He kind of wakes up and gets into the, the submersible and takes off with the, with the, uh, the bomb attached to the submersible. And at Harris, like the boss that he is. I think they're going to say that a lot. Like the boss that he fucking is. Yep. He gets in a scuba suit and starts swimming after them. Yes. Yeah. Chasing the sub. Okay, that's right. And he grabs on, he climbs up, and he is able to attach a rope to the uh, to the, the bomb and kind of swim away. One of the funny things in this is when he opens the toolkit where he gets the rope, one of the things in there, one of the very prominent things that he kind of brushes away to get to the rope is the crescent wrench that he mentions later on. Yes. We'll get to that. <laughs> And so he he swims away and he is able to tie the rope on to the uh, to the rig. Um, and so when he releases it, the guy's like a totally insane guy is like, "Ha ha, got it!" And he releases it, um, but then it's on this rope. And so then um, Ed Harris, thinking he's like pretty much done it, gets in Lindsay's uh, submersible, who's also come down, and they start to do a submersible battle, which is probably the first time we've ever seen like that i mean they're not yes. shooting torpedoes at each other they're, literally they're like bumping into each, each other. other yeah and this to me reminded me of a game that i really love earthworm gym we got this mm. sub level and you bounce off all these things eventually your sub will break so you think you think earthworm gym ripped this off or did this rip off earthworm gym which came first i can't remember yeah can't i don't remember. know when it came yeah anyways they uh, they totally wreck up this guy uh the the rov with the bomb gets loose which was stupid like just unties and then is able to, and then goes into the goes into the bottom or into the pit, but they kind of they fuck up the seal, and he his little submersible falls off the cliff, and we just see that go down into, Crush oh yeah, crushed depth. depth, oh yeah, for and sure, it just implodes, goes. No, I mean he may have survived. I actually think he may have survived. It's fine. He's probably okay, <laughs> but uh, yes, his submersible imploded on him, um, and they're sitting there, and they're like everything is. Their, their submersible is flooding, and they need a crescent, crescent wrench to be able to get to the leak, but they don't have one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, little hint. And uh, they're like, okay, I guess we're going to die. But she's like, oh, I got an idea. I'll drown, and you 
swim over there and drag my dead body over to the place. And because it's so cold out, I will be hypothermic and I will survive without breathing for 10 minutes. And he's like, good plan. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's well, it's, no, it's right. funny because yeah. he's <laughs> he's like, or she's like, no, this is logical. And Ed Harris, this is my favorite line in any, any movie I've ever seen. Now he just screams, fuck logic. Fuck logic. <laughs> it's like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I just love thinking that yeah. in my real life <laughs> i didn't uh i didn't love that they didn't start t- dragging her when she was just holding her breath i like, thought that was weird too why let her drown and then sit there and go no for like five minutes yeah it's like no keep now you should probably take her body over there it doesn't it's not like now you have infinity to for her to not breathe <laughs> like right. she probably time is of the essence yeah and so uh he drags her dead body back to the place they spend what 10 minutes it's literally like don't die on me you're not gonna die on me for like 10 solid minutes and then he's just like slapping slapping the shit out of her because guess what she's not coming back no and she's he's ripped her shirt open so because they're using a defibrillator on her and they got a shocker yes top was really seems like a very tough scene for her to have filmed yes (laughs) and uh but then she eventually wakes up i was like oh Oh. After after he screams, he's like, "Don't you die on me, you bitch! You've never given up on anything." Yeah, and slapping her in the face, all kinds of stuff, and then yeah. she wakes up. I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" And so, oh, okay, so we got two minutes to get through the last hour of this film. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're fine. We're doing fine. We're doing fine. I mean, in a, in a real movie, in a, in a different movie, they would have ended it here, right? You think? well, they would have they would have still had the bomb tied up. And then they would have, this would have been the end, kind of. They've yes. stopped the bomb, they've saved her life, and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, he needs, now he needs to go down and defuse this bomb. So he gets into his, the suit with all the liquid in it. The breathing liquid. Yeah, and he starts to breathe, and he can't talk, so he's like typing. It's basically like texting, but way back when. Right. He's like, I'm not a very good typer. And sometimes it like actually looked like typing. He's like, you instead of a Y-O-U. I was like, holy shit, he's inventing texting. He is. And I was waiting for an emoji to pop up. <laughs> like, so, sad face. Like, so oh. they have to reprogram the other ROV, so it's going to follow the same pattern. And mm-hmm. all he has to really do is hold on, yep. and he's super weighted down. So as soon as he goes off that cliff, he is going to drop like yeah. a rock. And they have a really long sequence where they're kind of just like trying to talk to him so that he can survive. Because even the ROV that's taking him totally implodes. Yeah, because he's down at like over eighteen thousand feet and dropping yeah. still. I mean, easily the furthest we've gone where they've definitely noted how deep they were. That's I mean, I'm not even sure we could ever get deeper than that. No. And so um, he's surviving somehow, and he's able to text with them a little bit, kind of say that he's doing okay. And they get they you know send down the the uh, instructions, and he's able to uh, disarm the bomb. Yep. Disarms the bomb. And he's sitting there. He's basically like, "Time to die," you know, death day, birthday kind of. Yeah, he's like, um, "I knew this was a one way ticket." Yeah, uh, you know, and he's like, "Okay, everyone else, you know, suicide pact, right?" Yeah, and they were like, "What?" Um, and he kind of sits there, and then the glow starts to happen, the glow that we become very familiar with mm-hmm. as an a- literal alien this time with, like, arms and, like, and looks face, like, a, and like and a, the three little three-pronged hand. Yeah, comes over and is like, hey, what's up? And I love this about the 80s where there were some of these films that, like, you wouldn't necessarily expect. I mean, The Abyss, you might expect it, but you wouldn't expect it to be, like, so sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And then you watch it and you're like, holy shit, this is like for nerd alerts. This is like for real nerds. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, John Carpenter's The Thing where like it opens with a spaceship crashing to Earth. And I was like, I was first time I watched it, I was like, wait, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> I didn't know it was about aliens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and so he gets to, he holds this alien's hand. Oh, geez. Oh, hold on. We're, we're really close to the end here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Another nope, warning. That's all you yeah. get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so anyway, they yeah. take him down to the mothership. Yeah. They're like, your planet sucks. You yeah. guys are always trying to hurt it's each really other. Like a, it's like a Captain Nemo type situation where they're yeah. like, humanity sucks balls. We're going to destroy it. And there's these giant tidal waves. That they, are like 
hundreds upon hundreds of yeah. feet tall, and they're about to crash in on all the seaboard. Yeah, we didn't even mention the fact that earlier they controlled a bunch of liquid to make this like water worm that went through the whole rig, and they were like, what the fuck is that? Um, so they know they can control the water that way. And so they're controlling these waves, um, and they stop them right before they get there. And everyone's like laughing, like, ha, 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 that's crazy. Uh, and I, I would have been like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. The world has ended. Um, <laughs> Thank God I don't live on the coast. Yeah, East Coast elites, am I right? Deserve yeah. it. Um, <laughs> not real america uh <laughs> and so the aliens are like you guys better like learn or else we'll we know you know we have the power and so ed harris you know the, the ship starts to lift and the harris starts to like text with them again mm-hmm. uh the people on the rig and they're like we're getting a text from ed harris and ed harris is like i'm in contact with these aliens and they're saying that we better learn from our mistakes or else they'll come back and they, we've, they've seen our power and everyone's like ha, ha ha how funny and they turn to like the army people and they're like you know you may not have a job for very long and the yeah. army people are like girl no they've done it again damn kids <laughs> <laughs> and so then like the mothership ascends and brings up brings watching. up the whole rig and yeah. ed harris walks out and then guess what doesn't really seem like he's gonna be getting a divorce anymore because they were smooching oh yeah and in my clip in my cut of this movie it was actually three hours ten minutes long because i had 20 <laughs> minutes of much more than smooching you better believe it <laughs> that's the abyss all right yeah, I, I mean, talk- we kept that we kept that pretty close for like a three-hour movie. movie, and I didn't even talk about all the dicks I saw. Yeah, it could. I mean, that one. that recap could have been twenty, thirty minutes longer with how many dicks people were pulling out at different times. Yeah, very true. That Navy Seal went insane. <laughs> Let me tell you, he did lose it. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into what people think about this. Yeah, um, Brom, how about you? What's your rating for this movie? Okay, so I've been going into all these blind. So I went into this blind. The only thing I could tell from it was it was a James Cameron film. Mm-hmm. And what I came away from the movie thinking is how much I wish this was a Ridley Scott film and not a James Cameron film in terms of the aliens and everything. I wasn't expecting the aliens to be, you know, sort of benevolent, you know, creatures that are monitoring our habits and everything. I thought it was going to be, you know, a really tense horror film, especially, you know, when we get onto the, the sub, you know, the the reclamation uh, mission and you got the crab crawling out of the guy's mouth and everything. And I'm like, oh, this is this is good. You know, I'm waiting for the jump scares and everything. Mm-hmm. And and then it just wasn't that. <laughs> Instead, it was just like really beautiful aliens, really fuckable aliens. Yeah. And <laughs> what's that? <laughs> That's a really good band name. Yeah. Fuckable aliens. Yeah. <laughs> and so ultimately the, the movie i felt like they could have took the aliens out almost entirely you know we always have the question could this movie have survived without a sub or you know those kind of questions like this movie could have definitely survived without the aliens and <laughs> you could have shaved off an hour hour and a half and and had a really good movie and i think as you know jamie was alluding to you could end the movie almost when uh ed, ed harris resuscitates his 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 wife and you know defuse the bomb or whatever whatever the conventional you know end of the movie would have been you know maybe it wasn't a warhead or yeah. anything like that I mean that. there was there was, a, there was at least four different endings to this film four different yeah. spots where they could have ended it yeah so it just ended up being too long and it's just not something i see myself watching again so i'm going to give this a 6.5 mm-hmm. righty. 6.5 Alex. It's not as bad as everything leading up to it. I thought you were going to go lower. Yeah, 6.5 is still pretty good. Right. Yeah. 
Alex, how about you? <clears throat> I'm going to give it a 5.5. Whoa. Uh, you know, I mean, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. It was actually a pretty decent movie. Uh, but in terms of what we're reviewing it here for, um, very long. I thought the plot was just kind of like last week's. It just kind of kept piling on and on. Um, hats on hats. Yeah. yeah I mean, you could have easily, like Ben said, and you've already said, you could have ended this movie several different times beforehand. Uh, but, I mean, some of the redeeming qualities, though, that I did like about it. I mean, it, I mean, it was all underwater, basically, for most of this movie. Uh, granted, we weren't in a submarine the whole time, but we were in submersible. So it was pretty cool. We talked a lot about the other stuff that we see in other movies um you know in uh crush depths that kind of stuff uh i liked it so yeah 5.5 for me all right is it my turn yeah go for it i actually like this uh movie quite a bit i'm gonna give it an 8.0 Alrighty. um but i i'm a little a little bit of a sucker for these uh old school sci-fi films even though this one it kind of had a dash of it it's similar to a lot of those ones that i love like john, john carpenter's the thing is maybe my favorite film of all time like i Really love that movie. It's got Wilford Brimley. <clears throat> yeah, that yeah, it's that and the Warriors. I kind of go back and forth on which one I love the the most. Uh, but it's kind of that where it's mostly a horror film, and then you got this like real deep sci-fi aspect to it. And this is kind of similar. Like it's a fairly typical action. If you cut out all the aliens, pretty typical action film, which I thought was exciting and and thrilling and engaging. And then you have this kind of like sprinkling of really weird alien sci-fi stuff so I, I enjoyed it and i was engaged the whole three hours so i'm I'm more of a positive on this one all right zach let's hear from you okay um well i like sci-fi movies i love sci-fi movies i did not love this sci-fi movie though uh i didn't know what to expect at all and I guess I just am kind of similar with you guys. I think it just dragged. It just was just too long. If you shave an hour off of it, I probably would give it an eight, eight and a half. Wait, so even even watching it at five x speed, <laughs> yeah, I bumped it up to ten x speed. No, it's yeah, just a twenty three twenty three minute <laughs> viewing. I got too long. <laughs> I'd give it a sol. I'd just give it like a six point five for my rating. I'll probably never watch it again. I mean, I'm not going to sit down on a casual Sunday afternoon and be like, hey, let's watch The Abyss. But it wasn't bad. It's funny. Yeah. Funny you say that because I, I couldn't imagine watching the whole thing on a Sunday afternoon. I'd probably yeah. watch the first two hours until that first ending, and then I'd, I'd probably end it. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do the whole Ed Harris. When Ed Harris is preparing to go into the pit, I'd probably stop it. Mm-hmm. But. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's This movie for me. I did enjoy it, but like we said, I think it went on very long. I thought the movie, as well as many other people, found the movie to be very visually appealing. Mm-hmm. Like the effects were great. It even won an Oscar for like best visuals. Yeah, certainly. If you had told me that it was made in 1999, I don't think I would have necessarily been like, "Oh, it looks." I mean, I would have been like, "Oh, that looks, still looks pretty cool." So it's a bit, kind of like ten years ahead of its time. Yes, and really paved the road for things like. T two with the the uh, the you know metal water monster yeah yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. and you know other things oh uh, definitely of that nature and I mean <laughs> just like all the underwater Blade. scenes I thought were really good um, yeah. it did drag I think some things could have been shortened up a little bit that's James Cameron but at the same time yeah it's James Cameron at the same time like you got complete closure yeah well I guess we could have seen more after you know. 
maybe they got back to the mainland, but <laughs> make it a five-hour movie. Right. But um, yeah, when when aliens and humans are coexisting <laughs> and breeding, yeah, exactly. Um, I was gonna say romance. The yes. next one's a romantic comedy. I I'm gonna have to go with like a seven point two five inch sub on this wow. one. Wow, <laughs> get that extra fourth inch. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, you know what? I'm almost full when you got to the seven inches of the sub, and, and you're I was like, like, give me that little bit. Mm. No, now I'm definitely full. Yeah. You basically taste a little bit of that alien part. You're like, no, nah, I'm good. I actually, mm-hmm. I realize I'm full now. There were some things, I mean, I am I guess I wasn't really certain. Like when Ed Harris is going down to like, I don't, what is he at? Like 27,000 feet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you, miles. Yeah. Literally miles. <laughs> you see the the submersible, the little ROV like blow up. Yep. His light blows up. Yep. I know he's got the liquid in the helmet. Sure. But it's not all throughout his entire suit, is it? I don't even know. I don't mean I, that, that's something like that, wouldn't his body just crush? It's above my pay grade, even as the brain. Like I, I, I have no idea how you know. I'm, I'm guessing it's totally unrealistic that someone would actually go in just like a little suit to such a. But then, then again, you'd think like someone going into outer space where there's nothing, you'd be like, huh, impossible. Right. But they do that all the time. A suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just gonna wear a little suit out there. It's like, but they do. So like, maybe it's not so crazy. I have no. I actually, I have no idea. Hmm. Yeah. You said well, that breath- can... breathable water is a thing that they had. Definitely. Well, that would definitely have crushed his lungs if he didn't have that. His yes. lungs have been crushed. So. But yeah, that's that is a real thing that blew my mind when I looked something up on that, and I thought, wow, how did anyone ever invent this? Yeah. And how weird is that got to be to breathe that that in? I was I was thinking this was like, oh, this is dumb, like. <laughs> Okay, this will help them fill some plot holes and everything. But then they did mention, you know, you do spend the first, you know, however many months of your life, you know, breathing liquid. I'm like, oh, I guess there is some science here. So it is interesting to me to hear that there is something like this in contemporary science. Let's see if we can get our hands on some and maybe, like, dunk each other in some kind of weird pool and try to breathe. Hmm. Liquid breathing challenge or whatever. We yeah. challenge our listeners to also breathe with oxygenated floor. <laughs> yeah. Have them send mail, mail and stuff to the show for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mail in videos of you breathing oxygenated <laughs> fluorocarbon liquid and we'll show it on air. Yeah. It's just us. We'll just we'll we'll watch like, it. Whoa. Yeah. It won't be your typical reaction video. It'll just no. be a reaction podcast. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> let's get. <laughs> Let's get moving on here. We're going to do some this trivia. This movie has a lot of very good trivia. For sure. Jamie, take it away. I usually try to do five trivia. I have eight. That's how much trivia I'm glad had. you can't shorten it up with this one. Yeah. So <clears throat> so this, uh, most of the trivia actually is about how terrible the production of this was. Like, it was really rough on everyone. You think, like, James Cameron really works with actors multiple times, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sigourney Weaver, and, and people like that. They're in multiple films of his, but there's really not too many repeats for the abyss and there's a reason for that and it's because of how tough and rigorous the production was for this there's no actor repeats right it's no, just all yeah, like yeah. administrative or other yeah things. yeah visual visual and stuff even even a lot of the other people involved it, it was kind of a weird production that way so um during underwater filming um ed harris almost drowned uh while he was filming a scene um he had to hold his breath when they had that liquid in his helmet and get dragged along and so he tried to give the safety signal and uh, they got hung up. The safety crew got hung up on a cable, 
And so luckily another crew was able to give the regulator on his way home that day. He broke down and cried. And, and there was a bunch of reports even during the filming that he basically wasn't going to be promoting the film, which are not, not to be true. He did promote the film, mm. but he didn't. He said in a couple of interviews that he would after the film was released, he was not, not going to talk about it anymore. Okay. And that turned out to be true. He's only talked about it two times, I think, since the abyss uh was filmed one was for a documentary under pressure making the abyss uh which was a 1993 documentary so a few years later he did do interviews for that mm-hmm. and then uh he did one for another recently i think for another interview um and then the uh lindsay mary elizabeth uh, mastra antonio you know she also had a mental and emotional breakdown during this during the filming of this particularly for her resuscitation scene uh which they kept on doing retake after retake um to the point where the scene where uh, Ed Harris actually screams like, no, or whatever. He screams like, you're not going to die on me. He's actually screaming to empty air because she had walked off set. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. And so- And wasn't he actually, like during this, wasn't he actually slapping her right, right in the yeah, face? And yeah. it's like super hard. Yeah, yeah. And she's topless, which is like not a not a fun thing to be for an actress, I'm sure. Right. And uh, she's doing it in a very like stressful situation as well. She's getting slapped and stuff like that. It's just not not fun. Yep. Um, so she also had a lot of trouble with it. Pretty much everyone had trouble with it. They were in this like weird darkened uh, pool. They had put like a tarp over it with a bunch of like light, you know, these dark balls they put on top of uh, on top of pools to make it dark underneath. So it was basically you were in complete darkness if the lights were off in a, un- underwater, which can be uh, disorienting. Wow. So they were like emotionally strained. And then as we talked about, real oxygenated fluorocarbon flu- uh, fluid was used for the rat um, breathing scene. And so they had had to cut that. Uh, a couple times um, for different releases because some countries do not allow animal cruelty and they deem that animal cruelty. Although they, you know, fought back against the claims that five rats died. No rats died in the filming of the of the film. They they Damn did it. breathe fluid, but they did not die. Yeah. <laughs> for all you rat haters, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you might have just tore into one of uh, Zach's facts. <laughs> Maybe. <Just laughs> shut that down. Five thousand rats died in the beginning of the film. Just that, that film, rat out the window. That film was not in the script. <laughs> they were just trying to kill rats. Uh, Zach fact. Um, so the scene with the water tentacle, which we barely talked about, uh, it was written. Um, it was written so that it could be removed because they didn't know how it was going to turn out. And they filmed it. It was the first scene they filmed, and they were just looking at like a water hose uh, when they were filming the scene. Um, oh. Because they had no idea if it could be done or how how it would look, and they had, they did uh, they used industrial light and magic to do it. And so after it turned out. Fairly well, I would say, given given the look in this film from 1989. It looked really good. They they he used it in the next one, Terminator 2. Oh, is that the scene where like the guy's head stretches or something? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. we well, know the whole, a lot of the bad guy in that one. Uh, and then James uh, Cameron wanted Orson Scott Card, famous sci-fi uh, writer, to write the book based on a film, and he did. Ooh. <laughs> so he actually made the book, and he wrote. Uh, five chapters which preceded the action of the film before the film actually started going. Okay. So um, the actors, Ed Harris and stuff, could actually actually read like background stories written by like one of the most famous writers. On their characters? And yeah, they, yeah. Oh, like, wow. So they used that to develop their characters. Did he finish the entire book? Like, he did. He it's could... released. You can get it. Oh. You can okay. read it. Um, he said working with James Cameron on that was one of the worst experiences of his life, which seems to be a theme with James Cameron. Yeah, with this movie. 
Yeah. At the end, you may have noticed uh, Captain Kid Brewer Jr. Uh, had a in memory of or thanks to um, uh, notation at the end. He was one of the characters in the film. He killed himself before the film was released. And he had been part of James Cameron. I mean, he had, he'd also been in James Cameron's first uh, directorial venture, Piranha Part 2, The Spawning. Um, and yeah, so he they had, they had been misreporting that he had died in a diving accident because he was actually a semi-professional uh, diver. Okay. Uh, but he actually had killed himself. Um, this is a kind of a funny one. I wanted to add this. This was probably one I could have cut, but Ed Harris, because of his strict diet, uh, demanded cabbage as a snack, uh, during filming, which caused lots of problems. Uh, let me tell you to the point where one time he farted in his suit and it was so bad that he actually puked in the suit <laughs> no. and they had to service, no they had to service him and clean it out. It took him, it took them hours and they lost all kind of filming time. And James Cameron was pissed at him. <laughs> well, that reminds me of, uh, you guys see, I can't remember which Jackass movie it is, but they have that suit where oh, they yeah. got the funnel and it goes into like a mask that Steve-O or somebody's wearing. Yeah. Yep. And everybody just starts like vomiting yeah. when they put that on. So that was Ed Harris. <laughs> That's actually how Jackass started. They were following Ed Harris's career and they were like, we got to do all these things. Yeah. Before you know it, we're going to be the next ones. Yeah. So this was filmed on a $70 million budget. It was the uh, one of the most expensive films of all time at the time that it filmed, uh, although James Cameron has claimed that it wasn't so much. Yeah, I think he's kept mm-hmm. it around $45 million, but by all accounts, it was actually $70 million. They went way over budget. They were budgeted wow. for $40 million. And then uh, James Cameron had two choices for Bun Brigman. They were Ed Harris and Jeff Bridges. So I don't know. I think that's pr- they're both pretty good choices, but Ed Harris, obviously the best choice. I think so. Mm-hmm. So, but- since, you know, we're talking about James Cameron and all that, let's see if there's any other choices that might have made sense. Oh. So uh, let's think about The Terminator. What do you think of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> no. Not yet. Yeah, no, not Not, not going to work no, at all? No, Especially when they're like, you can't take out this Navy SEAL. He's a killing machine. He's like, wait, have you met me? <laughs> I'm fucking I Arnold Schwarzenegger. killed Predator. He would say, I'll be back way too many times in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So he, he, also, he also filmed Alien. Uh, what about uh, Sigourney Weaver? What are we thinking? For the wife, for no. Lindsay? Oh, Come for on. Ed Harris. Let's not be sexist here. He is Ed Harris. She is Ed Harris's character, and the the guy is the scientist who's designed the whole thing. Would okay. So would Ed Harris still We're, be in it? Yeah, he could be the scientist. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, yeah, I can see that. I, I think she could get it done. I actually think that'd be really cool. That <laughs> could be. That would have been really fun. I like that one. Yeah. All right, so we also had uh, Titanic, obviously. What do you think of Leonardo DiCaprio? All right, so at, th- <laughs> at this point, Leonardo would have been like 12. No, let's think about You can take any Leo from any time that you oh, think. Peak okay. Leo, you could think like kind of old, like I'm having sex with models all day still, but I look kind of like uh, like I'm 46 years old. Uh, Leo, whatever you want. Yeah, Leo has become one of my favorite it. actors. He's really good in everything I've seen him in. He'd probably choose some weird accent to have, though. He'd be like, what happens if you were? Which would make it really funny. He was Zimbabwean. He'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> I'd I'd say yeah, I'd take him. Yeah, I would. All right, for sure. Uh, he also filmed Avatar, and I'm just kidding because no one's an Avatar that we think about. Come on, let's be serious. What is Blue <laughs> Alien gonna be? Isn't Sigourney yeah. Weaver in that? She is, but I already talked yep. about that. Oh, okay. And then, uh, you know, I usually talk about, I just say Ed Harris, and you say yes, obviously, at this point. Um, but let's take it to uh, his uh, Phantom co-star. What about David Duchovny? Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Yes. No? Huh? Oh. Zach's, Zach's yes, I'm a no. Yeah. All right. I'm kind of rambled on here. So many facts. So many facts for this one. Um, but uh, let's take it to the Phantom Zone real quick. I'll try to be quick with you this didn't one. Even, you didn't even get to like the best fact, though. What was the best fact? Where after that scene where Ed Harris was drowning, he right. found out James Cameron was still filming it. 
And so he punched him in the face. He walked over and punched him in the face. That's my, that's that Harris. I know and love. Yeah. Yeah. And before I, there was something I said where I was like, Oh, I can't believe I can't imagine Ed Harris in this movie is an action star, but Ed Harris at this age, I could imagine is an action star. Yeah. He is. All right. So I'm going to take this to the phantom zone. Let's engage the phantom. Engage the phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. Um, now, obviously, we could just get Harris to go to Phantom. That would be no fun. It'd be That's way too easy. That. Too easy. It's not, it's not a challenge. No, no, no. <laughs> so let's go from uh, J. Kenneth Campbell. He's DeMarco in this film. And he was also the bad guy in a film called Operation Delta Force 2 Mayday. So the second in the Operation Delta Force classic series that everyone knows and loves. Now, you'd think they had been done with sub-action with that second film. You'd be wrong. Because the third, Operation <laughs> Delta Force, also was about submarines. Operation Delta Force 3, Clear Target, uh, also had Gavin Hood in it, who was in both of those in the series. Now, in that third film was Mac McKinney. He was in Clear Target. He also became, weirdly, the main character of the fourth in that series. He just switched characters in the fourth Operation <laughs> Delta Force and became the main character. Love it. Whatever. Uh, but he was in. He was a so- shoulder, soldier on a bridge in Godzilla, the 1998 <laughs> A yes. soldier on a bridge. Now, you may be wondering why I'm saying Godzilla 1998. Why not just say Godzilla? Oh, you'll see. Uh, <laughs> so the dad in Transformers, Kevin Dunn, he was also in Godzilla, and he was also in Transformers Revenge on the Fallen, where uh, Megatron returns from the uh, giant, the, the underwater pit that they've dropped him in mm-hmm. uh, and destroys a submarine on his way up. So, submarine film. Uh, Josh Duhamel, Miss, uh, Mrs. Fergie uh, himself, is in both of uh, all of the Transformer films, actually. So he's in that one, but also the the much more sub-centric film, Transformers The Last Night. Now, so that's two Transformers films we have and two Operation Delta Forces, two of the best <laughs> franchises that we have. Mm-hmm. So The Last Night features voice work by Ken Watanabe. He was also featured as a scientist in Godzilla 2014. That's our second Godzilla. <laughs> in that, in that is Brian Cranston. Now Cranston was in Time Under Fire, which was you know it's cheap because he was credited with the wrong smelling spelling of his name, spelled really? with an I instead of a Y on Brian. Uh, now Larry Poindexter was in Time Under Fire, uh, which also featured uh, who was also in Steel Sharks with Gary Busey, oh, which we yeah. have. I think you already have, right? Oh, we have. Yep. Now Gary Busey is in Under Siege. Duh, and he but uh, but that also features Glenn uh, Morshower, uh, who you probably know as Landry's dad from Friday Night Lights or maybe from the Twenty Four series. And he was also in the Michael Bay film Pearl Harbor, which we know that there was a midget class sub, a little person class sub, uh, for firing the first <laughs> shot. Not and what stuff. they're called in the sub or whatever. Uh, but so that's three Bay films. But who's counting? Uh, and then in that film is our boy Willie Fitchner. No Don't you worry about that. Way. And Willie Fitchner happened to be in a little film called Phantom. Ooh. Hope you enjoyed that adventure. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> two That's Operation Delta Force films, two Godzilla films, two Transformers films, three Michael Bay films. That was it's the best just, one. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's my masterpiece. Actually, I got, a, I got another thesis on that one. I have a new doctorate. It's in this. <laughs> the Phantom Zone. <laughs> the Phantom Zone. <laughs> Just submit that to like some kind of journal. Yeah. See what see what'll happen. <laughs> yeah, like, Phantoms then. Big like, look, I've linked every sub movie to Ed Harris's The Phantom. Every single fu- sub movie can be linked to another sub movie. Don't worry about it. That's simply oh, amazing. Oh, now I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Let Jamie rest up real quick. I gotta smoke a cigarette up here. Hold on. Yeah. 
And I'm going to take you guys into subs worldwide. It's, it's subs, subs, subs world, world wide. wide. And so I went with, um, after hearing some of Alex's news from the other week, I was like, oh, I haven't done a Chinese sub yet. Why don't I do a Chinese sub? And Alex said that their Japan was able to discover it because the sub was so loud. So I was like, well, maybe it's this new type of sub, but it's not this sub that I did. So this is the uh, Chinese Type 094 submarine, also known as the Jin class. It's a ballistic missile submarine, and there's not a whole heck of a lot known about them because they're a little more secretive with their military technology, you know, sharing with the U.S. and the world. Uh, so these were first spotted by satellite imagery in 2006 at a Chinese submarine base. I would try to pronounce the name of the base, but I would probably sound like I'm doing something offensive. Yeah, so, pretty, pretty offensive probably. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say that. Um, there's four of them currently in operation as of 2015, and they're looking to have up to eight by 2020. So there's probably more in operation right now. And these subs are mainly used as a nuclear deterrent, much like those French submarines I talked about before. They carry 12 JL-2 missiles that have four nuclear warheads on them. And the missiles have a range of 4,600 miles. So that's pretty far. Uh, and it's also said that if they're patrolling like northeast of the Kuril Island, Islands, eh, uh, the missiles could strike three-fourths of the U.S. Oh, wow. However, because of their lack of advancement or whatever, the um, subs are so noisy that American subs could find them like immediately. <laughs> so, that makes sense. Yeah, it wouldn't be a problem. So they got six torpedo tubes, 442 feet long. Uh, when they're submerged, they can go greater than 20 knots. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad for, I mean, we, we hear the U.S. ones and the Russian ones. They go pretty fast. They do. But it's pretty good for not the U.S. or the, or the Russians. Right. Yeah. And so these things are as noisy as Russian subs from the 70s. Oh, wow. So- I thought that this was going to be the one that was discovered, but I guess it was like the class before that that was, you know, Wait, discovered you said, by Japan. You said this was a, oh, this is the one that was discovered by Japan. This was not. I'm sorry, for some reason I thought you were saying that it was a Japanese sub. I was like, wait, no, what? no, no, okay. it's a Chinese one. Okay. So that's it for subs worldwide. This one's a little more secretive. Try to do some digging. Just let me know if you find anything on this one. Yeah, maybe our listeners <laughs> in China. And send us some top secret documents. Or maybe you probably shouldn't. We don't yeah. want you getting into trouble. <laughs> yeah, we get well, I e- guess if you do, we won't use your name. Yeah, we get an email being like, I'm risking my life with this. Like, oh, dear God, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Oh, my God. We're going to read this on air. Please. <laughs> well, because you did this, I'm going to have to read it now. <laughs> so that's it. All right. Uh, Alex, you got some news for us? Yeah, um, one of them though, I you almost spoiled it at the beginning, Kyle, when you said you ordered a yacht uh, because there Ooh. is no. Oh, I saw, I saw this one. I did like you this see one. this? I you did. You can yeah. now buy a new boat. It's a yacht, but it is also a submarine. And nice. Submarine yacht. For, no way. It's called the Migaloo. I thought it was kind of mm-hmm. a cool name. But for almost one billion dollars, you can uh, <laughs> you can be the owner. Uh, of one of these submersible super yachts, and they Wait, say, "Wait, how much does it cost?" Almost a billion. Uh, oh, I thought you said a million. <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" Like, there's no, 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 a billion. That's 
Like oh, not yeah. within my grasp, but yeah. certainly. What would the mor- what would the thirty year mortgage on that thing? A billion dollars. Let's figure it out right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, however, though, Kyle, you said you wanted what a hundred fifty foot yacht. That's yeah. extremely small compared to these, as they can be anywhere from two hundred thirty six feet all the way up to nine hundred and twenty feet long. So oh, not, that's you, a huge difference. That is what we're aspiring to. We want a nine hundred twenty foot long <laughs> yacht submarine <laughs> holy shit you I, I assume you need to some kind of license to drive that no uh, you'd need a whole crew i would imagine yeah, yeah that's if you're spending insane. a billion bucks on a boat you are not <laughs> gonna just take that out solo <laughs> do they have windows on it <laughs> i would imagine oh, so do they someplace. have a wood burning fireplace i don't know how i didn't get a billion details but yeah. No windows. Do they have a mach- do they have a machine tor- torpedo machine gun? They probably don't have torpedoes, no, right? Probably add, get one added. Yeah, probably on the black market or whatever. Dark web. It's cool. an add on. I'll talk to my guy. Are you actually putting it in a mortgage calculator? Yeah, I yeah, I'm figuring it out right now for a billion dollars sub. Oh my god. That's just Oh, why does it keep doing that? That's ridiculous. fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. So uh, the next article oh, that good. I have, that's a, though, that's ten billion. Yeah. Sorry, we're we're doing this mortgage. Oh, oh it would okay. cost. Yeah, you, no, go ahead. Yeah. With a with a down payment of fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, obviously. Ah, sorry. Here <laughs> we go. Um, fifty thousand. <laughs> just to say, it down. doesn't matter what the down payment is. Your mortgage <laughs> is going to be the same at this point. And we'll do a a mortgage of uh, interest rate of three point five percent. Wow, that's a lot. Or no, that's a oh, sorry, three percent. This thing keeps screwing up. Uh, yeah, three point five. That's perfect. Right there. Three three five. Oh yeah, uh, it would cost you um, about four and a half million dollars. It looks month. like three, three, four and a half million. Yeah, man, not not horrible. Doable well, with this podcast. Well, if we get one now, payment. we can stretch out. We got way more than thirty years on us. Oh yeah. Well, the only problem is that we've we have a suicide pact for when we stop doing this podcast, which could be literally any time, and then we all die. <laughs> it could be tomorrow. <laughs> then what happens to the mortgage? <laughs> Well, I don't live in a common property state, um, so I guess it doesn't fall on my wife. Thank God. I'd be happy about that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Bleep that out. Yeah. <laughs> Bleep that out. Bleep her name out. <laughs> All right. So, sorry, Alex. You said you had another article? No. Yeah. Um, so, I think a while ago I had done a news article uh, for something that's going to happen in the future in like 20 years. Well, this one, I've got something that has new revelations for something that happened eight years ago. So uh, back in December of 2011, a Russian submarine was dry docked. And uh, I'm not exactly for sure what they were doing, maybe just general maintenance or whatever. Anyways, caught fire uh, mm-hmm. on the exterior. And it took them a whole day to put out this fire because some of the rubber coating that they put on the exterior of the submarine to help it be less quiet Uh Wait, uh, less caught. quiet? Quieter, whatever. Oh. <laughs> uh, and so it took them a whole day to put this thing out. And it was really big in the news because it was near a town that had like 300,000 people in it. And people were concerned about their safety. Well, it was a nuclear submarine uh, that was also carrying uh, ballistic missiles. Oh, so it's very important to get the fires put out on that. The, the Russian government said, don't worry, guys. We took all the, all the missiles out. There's nothing to worry about. It was just a, a fire. Well... Two days ago, one of the deputy prime minister, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, he admitted, though, that they still had those missiles on board. <laughs> so, 
Oh, that's I, very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, they said at any time uh, those could have gone up. They've got two pressurized water nuclear reactors, and I think they said like like sixteen of those missiles were on board too. No, no wonder they wanted to get Agent Agent Red out of that country. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if they can't can't take care of that submarine, they can't handle Agent Red. I couldn't imagine though, like being a firefighter, like trying to put out that fire for a day, for a whole that, day, knowing that at any point you're just obliterated in an instant that's so, crazy good for them they got it out no one was injured except just the ship so now i wonder because we saw a movie we've seen a lot of these Yep. maybe it was was it hostile waters where they were worried about the nuclear missile shooting off if it got too hot i wonder if that could have happened or would it just blow up i think that was i think that was hostile waters and k-19 but k-19 they dove when they started having the rectum. Oh, no, that was a rectum meltdown. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been hostile waters that they were afraid okay. that the missile would launch. Yeah. Huh. That's crazy. Hmm. Well, thank good, you for the news. Not not good news. Not good news, but it's sub news. Actually, well, the yacht's yeah, news. that's great news. Yeah. For our, for our aspirations, <laughs> that's great news. And for all of the extremely mega rich who are listening to this, um, that's really good news for you. Yeah, let us, gonna, let us get in your uh, yacht sub. Yeah, we will do... You can hire us. You don't even have to hire us. Shoot. We'll just be on it with you. Yeah, Kyle will literally do anything, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> A live episode on top of it. <laughs> yes. Well, we've talked about doing a live episode from somewhere else, but or maybe not live, but just recording in a different place. But we'll see if that happens. All right. Brom, what do you got for us today? All right. So, got power rankings for us this oh. week. I think it's the first, first, first power rankings, right? This is the first official one. There's nice. a there's a, a secret episode maybe that'll get released oh. someday. But uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know if that will. It, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> it you will just got you got to tantalize the audience. You know you don't have to yeah. spoil it. So submersion la- launched this past week, and our El Capitan has been pitching it as the best podcast you never knew you needed. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's a bold statement. So I had to do some fact checking. I dove deep and researched some of the most obscure and bizarre podcasts that the internet could muster. All right, so I'm going to present my my top five podcasts you never know you never knew you needed in a world without submersion, and then we'll we'll uh, debate if uh, submersion is the number one now. Okay. All right. So number five. We got Twisting the Wind with Johnny Pemberton. All right. So join comedian Johnny Pemberton through 97 episodes as he attempts to keep customer service representatives on the phone for as long as humanly possible. <laughs> I enjoy that. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to, I'm, I, I'm still wondering whether this is a Zach Fax type situation. <laughs> But this is real. I listened to an episode. <laughs> I listened to an episode where he talked with a customer service representative from Costa Rica about sloths for a solid five minutes. Wow, that's crazy. It was, it was pretty good. Number four, the worst idea of all time. That's the name mm, of the podcast. I know this I one. Know you've heard of it. Yep. So, so this is Guy Montgomery and Tim Bat. They break down and review films, dedicating fifty-two weeks and fifty-two episodes to each movie. Year one featured Grown Ups 2, year two showcased Sex and the City 2, and now they are a few months into year three where they're discussing the movie We Are Your Friends, which is a lukewarm-received Zac Efron drama. That was the one about him being an EDM music guy oh, or whatever. 
They spend a year yeah. on each movie. Yeah. Each movie, yeah. Grown Ups 2 is no doubt one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. So watching it for 52 weeks straight seems like straight torture. I'm, <laughs> I'm how, not how long Sex are these episodes? I think they're like uh, an hour. Between half an hour to an hour. Yeah. Wow. Whoa, good Wow. Every week they watch it. That is dedication. There's one even worse than that coming up here. Okay. Let's go. Let's number go three. Th- number three. The Three Virtues by the TTV Guys. Join host Masonic and our circulating panel of experts as they d- dissect the Lego Bionicle figures, kits, and films. Jeez. Spanning eight years. Eight years. The <laughs> TTV Guys have produced over 300 episodes. Oh, my God. And, Kyle, you're going to like this. I listened to one. Their intro music is Time Consumer by Coheed and Cambria. No, no. way. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Favorite band right there. <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> no. But, but I got tickets to see them this summer. Oh, take them back Sunday? Oh, yeah. That's going to be good. Yeah, I saw that. I'd like to go see them. Number two, though, speaking of 300 episodes as well, number two on my list is just a few weeks away from hitting their 300-episode mark as well. Number two is The Pen Addict. Join host Mike Hurley and Brad Dowdy as they break down and review writing implements from around the globe. Started to listen to one of their episodes. They were talking about a pen that costs them thousands of dollars and takes up to a year to manufacture. No way. (laughs) Yes. Now... I I thoroughly enjoy pens. Like I have this really nice pen that I use. This is not it. Jamie's looking at a pen in my hand. This is a regular pen. This is a regular pen. <laughs> but I got it for free. <laughs> but I do have to order special refills from that are like made in Germany. Jesus. I have to get them on Amazon. But um, that is hardcore. Wow. From somebody who enjoys a writing utensil. That is unrealistic. Maybe you could get on the their podcast talking about. And if I showed them my pen, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, we know exactly like what this is. What probably make. Like, yeah. this is a garbage pen. Why would you ever use this?" I can't believe that gets beat. What's number one? Number one is a talking cast. All right. Oh, a this talking is... like a play on a talking cat. Yep, a cult favorite podcast that ran for two years between 2014 and 2015. It has a perfect five star score on iTunes with 20 ratings submitted. Each of the 84 half-hour-long episodes were dedicated <laughs> to a different individual minute of the awful children's movie, A Talking Cat. Yeah, I've never seen A Talking Cat, but it's that definitely Kevin Spacey. Unless... No, that's Nine Lives. Oh. Come on, Kyle. <laughs> Sorry. Get your, get, the, get your head out of your ass. <laughs> a Talking Cat is not a real movie, basically. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it looks it looks terrible, and they spend a half hour on each individual one minute segment of the movie, and that becomes an episode. <laughs> they, start, they start talking about background props and the color of the carpet and everything like that. All right, so oh, goodness. I immediately have to change what I said. I, this is, <laughs> this is not the podcast people didn't know they needed. No. Well, maybe I don't know if other people need those ones or not, <laughs> but they're there. <laughs> right. <laughs> a talking cat! Exclamation point! Oh. Question mark! Exclamation point! It's got a two point five on IMDb. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> so that is my first power rankings for you guys. I love. You didn't it. even you didn't even mention our season two extreme excursion. Not yet on uh, <laughs> iTunes <laughs> and badmovietwins.com, dot com. <laughs> my website badmovietwins.com. dot <laughs> com. Yes. It's not a podcast, but you could still have mentioned it. <laughs> Jamie's looking for advertisement. Any I advertisement. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> ben, I loved it. That was great. 
Thank you yeah, very that's, much. I'm amazed. You, what did you even do to find those? I was like searching pretty much every variant of the word like bizarre <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Thank you. All right. And then before we get into a listener question, why don't we have a few Zach facts? Oh, Zach facts. So Zach facts for the movie, the abyss fact. Number one, this is James Cameron's highest grossing film ever. Fact. (laughs) (laughs) That actually, that might be my favorite Zach facts. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even find this thing on Blu-ray. So right. Have to, uh, you know. Fact number two, James Cameron originally had a sequel planned with Ed Harris and Mary Elizabeth coming back, but due to scheduling conflicts, he had to recast and he changed the title to Titanic. Hmm. <laughs> hey, I could, I could see that as a sequel. Well, I don't, maybe there'd, there'd be some time traveling involved, but I'd watch it. Oh, wait. I already there was it. already time travel in Titanic, wasn't there? Oh, you're talking yeah. about from... Okay, yeah, yeah. From I see what you're future. saying. Right, 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 right. Not from, like, just us missing the rest of Rose's life. Right. <laughs> the question everybody really has. <laughs> what <laughs> happened what, to Rose? That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what happened, like, after she got to America. <laughs> Rose's journey. Um, <laughs> the abi- uh, Fact number three, the Abyss is famous for filming in one continuous take. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That would be hardcore. <laughs> oh my word! Like they did that with an episode of "It's Always Sunny." Yeah, yeah. But those are what I mean, like, like twenty-two minutes or something. Can you imagine like a three-hour-long movie? And you gotta, you gotta nail it. If yeah. I was one of the like the non-main people, as soon as I was off screen, I'd be like studying my lines. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> gotta get this. All right. The actor Todd Graff, who played Alan Hippie Carnes, he has Mm. musophobia, which is a fear of rats. Because of this in the movie, every scene with the rat was CGI. Wow. (laughs) So it took it from $40 million budget to a a $70 million budget. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those CGI rats. Pretty good CGI rat for 1989. (laughs) Yeah. Say that. Looked really real. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a uh, fact. Originally, uh, the movie was going to be a comedy. It was going to have John Candy playing the role of Bud, and it was going to be called <laughs> Uncle Abyss. <laughs> <laughs> but that was dropped quickly. <laughs> Rick Moranis probably would have been hippie, would you say? Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see the cover art for it. <laughs> All right, here's another fact, only a couple more. Originally, the movie contained a 38-minute sex scene, which gave it an R rating. But in order to get it back to PG-13, they had to take it out. They put it right back in for my dark web version of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Jamie got the original one. Cut. Oh, yeah. Wow, 38 minutes, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. It, does, it didn't say who was in the sex scene, though. Right. But it's, I think... Ah, could have been the guy in the From what I saw, 28 minutes of it was Ed Harris crying, so... (laughs) A little awkward. Maybe like a a performance issue, and then he's in the shower crying. Yeah. But then he gets out, and he's totally Ed Harris, so don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, so 38 minutes of that one continuous cut 
It's a sex yeah. scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> Physically demanding. <laughs> this is leading to the Zach fact where everyone didn't know that, that it was all improvised, that no one knew it was actually being filmed. Yeah. <laughs> it was this just James, actually, James Cameron secretly filming everyone. This is actually like a Big Brother episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Last fact. Here we go. Okay. Um, uh, the hardcover novelization of The Abyss by Orson Scott Card, which we uh, talked about earlier, currently holds a 4.6 out of 5 stars on Amazon, with a first edition new version of the book selling for $1,300. That sounds like just like a real fact. Yeah, that sounds like yeah, it's, it's real. Is that a real? Yes, that is an actual real fizz fact. <laughs> that's, that's, so that's not a Zach fact. Get that non-Zach fact out of here. No, I like it though. If you sprinkle those in, I'll never know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like I, I can tell. But. We'll start to believe it. Guys, <laughs> what are you saying? Every fact is Zach facts a fact. Come on, that's true. Sorry, all all Zach facts are facts. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite my favorite property of Zach facts is that truthfulness. And that's it. Wow, awesome. I love it. I can't wait for that John Candy, rest in peace remake. Um, <laughs> Uncle Abyss. Who could it be now? Who would it be now? Uh, it would be one of those other people from SNL or something. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Oh, that's immediately what I thought was Seth Rogen. Yeah, Seth Rogen. His laugh would echo in the sub. <laughs> 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 they'd, be, they'd be found immediately. It'd be like a Chinese sub. Yep. Oh, my word. And so right now we got, a, um, we got an email from a listener. That's and right. if you guys have any questions, it doesn't even have to be regarding the movie, um, particularly if it just, doesn't just talk to us please yeah. <laughs> yeah somebody just please get at us uh, find us on you know Twitter Facebook whatever and now it's time for a letter from listeners like you here it is longtime listener in Star Trek Into Darkness we see the USS Enterprise emerge from underwater in a dramatic violation of the Prime Directive and he sent me a YouTube clip, which <laughs> I've never seen this movie. Mm-hmm. So I was watching this totally out of context. And I was like, what on earth is going on? There's all these like indigenous people and they're, yeah, freaking they're chasing out. after him. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And so he says, this, by all accounts, makes the USS Enterprise at least temporarily some sort of submarine spaceship hybrid. What other submarine vehicle hybrids would you like to see in movies beyond the obvious submarine skateboard hybrid you right. would use definitely to transition to skateboard podcast you're going to start <laughs> i'll take my answer off of the air <laughs> no you're getting it on the air <laughs> um <laughs> so he says p.s the uss enterprise is also a modern example of a submarine with large windows these windows are naturally made of transparent <laughs> aluminum which is obviously one of captain nemo's many inventions and twenty thousand leagues which allows the nautilus to be the technical wonder that it is so he was oh, trying to he was man. trying to explain to us how these windows work because we were kind of talking about how glass windows couldn't work, right? And this this may or may not be um, one of the other part of the bad movie twins, yeah. <laughs> my twin brother. I you think, couldn't yeah, tell. He just, he just wants to be called in quotes the twin, right? Um, <laughs> right. So maybe him. So yes, obviously the the obvious answer to this question is a submarine skateboard hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, because it only makes sense. So you want to have that submarine that you could then, <laughs> so that skateboard that you could skateboard into the water, and then it becomes a submarine and presumably leaves you behind because it's a submarine. Yes. Um, but what about you? What do you think? I really enjoy movies with submarine cars. 
Uh, I was watching, I think it was Kingsman 2, and in the like first 10 minutes of that, we got a submarine car. Mm-hmm. Um, something, what would I like to see? Yeah. I'd like a sub segue. That's a good one. Yeah. That'd be real weird and not fun at all. I like that. <laughs> I don't even know how you control yeah. it. I like cruise a, along on the bottom. I think I probably want a rocket pack. The only problem with the submarine rocket pack is that it has to become a submarine, right? Because you're not really being surrounded by anything when you're just like rocket packing around like right. I do most most days um, to work. But like, you just kind of like let the wind blow through my hair as I sub- rocket pack around. Uh, but when you get into the water, you have to have it become a submarine. It can't be just one of those James Bond like handheld things or else it's not really. Right. Um, so then it has to somehow put like a, a dome around, a, a you, dome around you. Yeah. yeah. Probably of that transparent aluminum, I would presume. One can only presume. Obviously. Um, how about any of you guys? What type of vehicles you want to see? I'd like to see a hot air balloon submarine Ooh, hybrid. That one's great. I like that one a lot. <laughs> like, are we talking about a hot air balloon or a Zeppelin? I was thinking hot air balloon. I'm loving it. How, how, how do you think you make it work? Too. Yeah. I feel like- liter- that, that would literally be a Led Zeppelin. Am I right, guys? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I picture like the top part floating through the air and then the bottom part's just in the water. But with some sort of mechanism. <laughs> Dive deeper. We, we literally yeah. can. You could, but like a mechanism that you can extend and go deeper. <laughs> That actually would be amazing. It just got this little thing that like goes into the water. Yeah. <laughs> you just see this huge balloon they floating just, along they, the surface. Yeah, they spend they spend the whole time arguing whether it's really a submarine if part of it's above the water. Yeah. It's kind of like a ship with just one. No, no, no. It's a it's a submarine. Yeah. We just have the thing up top. It's fine. It's still a submarine. <laughs> I like that. Zach, you think you can make that happen? Like talk to some movie execs or something? And yeah, yeah. I whip up a um. I whip up a script. And um, we'll get it going for the next episode. Cool. I think I think we should really use my name, Led Zeppelin, as the name of the script, because then we can kind of k- piggyback on their popularity. Good. <laughs> Everyone's like, the Led Zeppelin movie? I got to go see that. I want to see the making of this band. Yeah. And they're like, what the hell What is happening <laughs> as Led Zeppelin goes into the water? And they're like, now I'm into it. I'm fine. But, <laughs> but you just don't want to release any uh, like advertising for it, mm-hmm. no trailers, because then people will be like, what? I'm not going to see they that. They will also be confused when it turns out also to be how the band Led Zeppelin formed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. They're like, oh. And oh. they traveled around the world in their Led Zeppelin underwater. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, Alex, how about you? Uh, okay. I think half submarine or an ATV. I think that would be pretty, pretty nice. But I, for some reason, I got this thought in my head, like, the movie we watched last week where that submarine comes flying out of the water like 90 <laughs> degrees. Oh, yeah. It's just... Flying out and immediately into that ATV, and then you're tearing the ass down the road. Like, that would be sweet. <laughs> I do like that. That would be pretty awesome. And they could even just hit some jumps, do like a, uh, you know, like ATV off road Fury style, um, oh, a couple backflips. Yeah. yeah. Some heel clicks. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they are heel clickers. Yeah. I'd also love a horse submarine. If a we're horse? talking about, like, yeah, vehicles. I mean, they're kind of an older vehicle. Yes. Um, depending on how you define vehicle. But. Maybe like yeah. a horse that also um, becomes a submarine. I guess you get into it. Be robotic. Yeah, you you slice it open and get into it, like oh. a ta- like a tauntaun. Oh yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> smells even worse on the inside. <laughs> All right, Brom. How about yeah. you? You got anything? Uh, I don't got too much to add. I, I I was thinking about 
we had the rat in this movie. It made me think, you know, Stuart Little, you know, with his car that he drives, if we could have some sort of uh, submersible for our animal, our mm. animal friends to be able to, you know, drive, convert straight from ground into water. Ooh, it's like a ger- gerbil ball. Yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> of, I thought about, I thought about the hamster slash gerbil ball as well. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like when I drive down the road in my motorcycle with my sidecar and I have my dog with me. With his little leather hat and um, goggles on, obviously. Um, if if that could turn into a submarine, or would he be driving his own? I think he could drive his own. Ooh, I don't know if I'd want my dog doing that. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> you. You seem to have a lot of confidence in this. All <laughs> 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 right. Perfect. All right. So that's the abyss. I I I loved it. No one else seemed to love it as much as me. But that's fine. That's fine. Okay I, I again, I enjoyed it, and the reason I, you know, I gave it a six point five is because I still think it was a good film. I can't I can't give it. You know, I can't knock it for not being a horror film like mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping it was being set up for. So it's still good, just a little long. I think people, and I think people, I think we definitely recommend it as we recommend all movies, even Agent Red. <laughs> I think someone, I think people could find something in it that they like. Maybe not the entire thing but something yeah they could probably stop it at some point if they wanted to (laughs) all right but then you don't get that full ed harris thanks for listening to submersion find us on soundcloud and follow us on facebook instagram and twitter